Welcome to Podcast Hackers, the show for podcasters by podcasters. Here, each episode, you'll hear from the best and brightest podcasters and learn how they're growing their audience, monetizing their shows, and making an impact through podcasting. And now your host, Craig Hewitt. All right, welcome back to another episode of Podcast Hackers. Today, I have on Rebecca Beck from Hrefs. Rebecca, am I saying the name of the company right? I think I got your name yes. right, but I... <laughs> it's Hrefs. Yeah, Hrefs, right? <laughs> I think one of the jokes, like in the online world, is it is it A Hrefs or is it Hrefs or something else? I don't know, but yeah, some people say Rfs. Right, right, right. It's a dangerous world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So can you tell folks a little about who you are and what Ahrefs is and does? Yeah, sure. So I work at Ahrefs as a marketer and I kind of do everything all around marketing. So Ahrefs is like an all-in-one SEO tool set. And basically what we do is to help you rank your website on Google. So it sounds fancy, but it's not that complicated. So one of the things that people use this for is competitor analysis. So seeing how your competitors are getting traffic from Google and why. So you can see pages that send them the most search traffic, the exact keywords they rank for, the backlinks that help them to rank, so on and so forth. And you can kind of replicate their strategy or back engineer that. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I'm a, I'm an HRS customer and it is a super nice. powerful tool that is, yeah, you have to know how to use it right. And if you know how to use it right, it it is magic for, for your website and for your business. And I think even for podcasters, it has a, a lot of value just looking at, you know, rankings, organic ranks and rings in Google. But Rebecca, you're on today because you guys, you all at Ahrefs have been experimenting in the world of podcast advertising and kind of in the theme of this season of our show, we're having on what I like to call like micro authorities and small parts of the podcasting world to talk about very specific things. And the thing we're going to talk about today is podcast advertising from a sponsor's perspective. We've had folks on talking from the podcaster's perspective of how they get sponsors and how they charge and how they organize and how they collect payments and all this kind of stuff. But you wrote a a really kind of like pillar blog post article about your experience at HRF spending, you know, $50,000 in podcast advertising and things you've learned. And this was like November of 2018. So as we're recording this, about six months ago. Yeah. But would love to kind of walk through some of the things that you mentioned in the blog post and maybe some things that you've learned since then from a, an advertiser's perspective of like, I think the big question is like, does this stuff work for companies? <laughs> Do you get ROI? Is podcast advertising, quote, worth it? And that's that might be a good place to, to start is... What do you consider worth it and specific to you? Because I think this question, the answer to this question is different for everybody. But for you guys, what do you consider kind of worth your investment? What what would be like a positive outcome? So for us, we're kind of a strange case, I would say, because many companies do like really detailed tracking of their marketing campaigns. They track ROI and they're very, very particular about small details. For us, we're kind of chill in the sense that we are happy to spend this much on our campaign. And as long as we see that it's having some kind of positive effect, whether it's like brand awareness, people know about us more, or maybe people signing up, like it doesn't matter if we're happy as long as something is changing for us. 
So for podcasts, it has been a success for us in general. But if you're looking for like exact details on like CPC and stuff like that, we don't have that. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, yeah. I think tracking that stuff, you know, we do some advertising at Castos and tracking that stuff is difficult in general. It's very difficult. Things yeah. like Facebook, Facebook ads, which is a very advanced kind of detailed platform, but something like podcast advertising the analytics around it is more difficult. So can I ask about like branding? Because I think that a lot of folks who are podcasters for their business look at it as a branding exercise more than anything. How do you look at the the positive impact on your business of branding exercises like podcast advertising for you or folks like the team at Drift maybe who have now a bunch of podcasts and I think they look at all of them as just a branding exercise. How do you guys view this investment in your marketing? So for us, as long as we hear people come up to us at, let's say, events or they tweet at us or something like that, and they go like, we heard about you guys on this podcast, so-and-so's amazing podcast, we're like... Ah, that's it. They heard about us from this podcast, which means that we're getting this awareness through a podcast. So maybe we don't know which one, but we know in general, it's a channel that's working for us. Gotcha. Cool. Cool. Okay. So that's really helpful. I think there's probably a lot of people out there who can relate to to that as being a goal. So I'd love to dive into a little bit of the details of the experience you had it was pretty much in the in the course of 2018, right? Where you Yeah, you pretty it. much. Yeah. The second half of 2018. Cool. Okay. Can you walk us through a little bit of how you looked at getting started and what you guys did in the second half of 2018? Okay, sure. Some backstory is that my CMO, Tim, had actually tried running like a podcast sponsorship experiment on his own before he passed on the project to me. And he spent about 15,000 USD on sponsoring, I think it was three or four more popular podcasts. And what he did was what most people do try to do with podcasts, which is create a tracking link and landing page. And then they kind of drive people from the podcast to this landing page and then try and get people to buy the product. So we found that that really didn't work for us. We got like terrible, terrible results, something like 11 signups from that 15,000 USD spent. So his conclusion was that podcast sponsorships just don't work. So we had a bit of a break there, but people kept coming up to us at events saying like, hey, I heard about you guys on this podcast, which is what I mentioned earlier. And we were like, oh, but we're getting lots and lots of exposure from podcasts. So why not we try and work with that? So that's why we started the experiments again. So the second time when I took over, we spent about 40,000 USD this time. And instead of going for like hard tracking, we just kind of went in and thought like, okay, let's just see what we can do, work with the hosts, try and get our name out there, try and focus on the value we bring to people rather than promoting our offer or like asking them to sign up, so on and so forth. And yeah, it worked out overall. Should I get into the details? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I'd love to hear some of the details. I think we can talk about the lessons you learned from it after that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we that we had a we posted a full list of uh, podcasts we sponsored on the blog post. I think you shared it in the notes or something. Yeah, absolutely. So if you, yeah, so if you want to know like how exactly how much we spend on which show and so on and so forth, it's all up there. But we learned a lot of things along the way because we have no experience in podcast ads, and I think most people don't have any experience in podcast ads. But something interesting I found out was there is no kind of like template one size fits all process because every podcast is doing ads differently and they try and track things differently and you kind of have to work 
different way with each podcast. And that gets very confusing. So you have to speak to each host and figure out how they run ads, what they want from you, the kind of connection they have with their audience. You're going to have to do it like one by one and it's it can get quite time consuming. So you need to be prepared to invest quite a bit of time into the podcast sponsorship process. Did you find that the the size or the popularity of the, the podcast changed how they approach ads? Like the, the bigger podcasts were more strict in how they want to run ads and the smaller ones were more flexible to where you could come up with new ideas for a, you know a unique call to action or something like that? Yeah, for sure. So the big podcasts, sometimes you don't even get to speak to the host themselves because they have like all these processes in place. They have someone in charge of sales, someone in charge of the actual ad, and then it kind of forwards through the company to the host. So everything's very strict, very rigid. You just follow the process. You give them what details they want at this time, the logo at this time, so on and so forth. But when it comes to smaller podcasts, you get a lot more flexibility in the sense that a lot of the time they just want to please you and do a good job. So they will work with you. They'll do absolutely everything they can to try and give you what you want. So it's a completely different experience going for a super popular podcast than for a, let's say, younger starting up one. One of the things that we talk about from the podcaster's perspective a lot is finding advertisers who are really tightly aligned with their audience. And this is something that's not always consistent with the the size dynamic of a podcast. So a bigger podcast might have like a a more varied audience, whereas a smaller podcast might have just a whole bunch of people that are all exactly more similar, I guess, not all exactly alike, but all have a more similar kind of demographic and interest and everything. Did you find that the smaller shows, I don't say worked better for you or you got better results than the bigger ones or or was that not conclusive? At first, I thought that the smaller ones were doing better because smaller podcasts tend to be kind of more connected and closer to their audience. Even though their audience is smaller, they tend to be closer. And we were getting lots of like signups and mentions from a few of the smaller podcasts that we were sponsoring. But then when I went to experiment with bigger podcasts, they were kind of less less close, I would say. So the audience didn't feel as warm towards the host as I could feel from the smaller podcast. But we were also getting lots of signups through like sheer exposure and like that trust factor. So mm-hmm. it's really not conclusive. Okay. And just yeah. for clarity, for me, for my sake, when you say close, you mean the audience is close to the the host of the podcast, like they're at the yeah, same the point in the their podcast. journey or something. Probably a lot of people think of like Pat Flynn with this, right? He's like yeah. really close to his audience and really relatable and stuff like that. Whereas yeah. I also like the guy, Tim Ferriss <laughs> is, you know, lives on yes. another planet and in a lot of people's <laughs> eyes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in that case might not be as relatable to the audience. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. But at the same time, they can trust these people even if they don't feel close. Sure. Yep. Like a next level of <laughs> success for podcasts. Right. So you have credibility yeah. as a sponsor just being on a big, huge yes. podcast, yep. more so than one where you'd have an audience that's more relatable. Okay, cool. I know uh, I heard you as a sponsor on a podcast that I listened to, and you had a very unique call to action. And I think you touched on this before. Whereas, you know, before a lot of people said, hey, you know, click on this link in the show notes and use coupon code ABC to sign up for a free trial. That didn't work in your very initial experiment. But you guys had more of like a contest that you ran where you said, you know, tweet at us and the host of the podcast or the name of the podcast 
and we'll give away like a year's subscription to your software, right? That was, I think, what I heard. How did that kind of thing work? And are you still experimenting with these different calls to action? So it came about because we, like I said, the landing page tracking thing wasn't working for us. And I kind of, well, while I was sourcing for podcasts to sponsor, I didn't get the feeling that total downloads was a good gauge for which podcast I would want to sponsor. Like, I feel like it's a very fluffy kind of metric and could be gamed. Like, I don't know who downloads this, but maybe someone downloaded it 1,000 times. Like, I would rather sponsor a podcast that that had a very engaged audience as opposed to one with a ton of downloads. So we were kind of experimenting to see if we could get a gauge for that using this kind of entry mechanic. And it was quite interesting because we could, in the end, some podcasts got tons of tweets, like their audience was super happy to tweet in and go like, I love this show, I want to compete in this thing. And other podcasts, they were just like, hey, could I win this? I want to win this. So you get a very good feel uh, for how close the audience is to the podcast. And uh, your second question was, are we still doing this? No, because our CEO put a blanket ban on account giveaways. (laughs) (laughs) So no more, no more free accounts. And I couldn't find anything else to run this kind of so-called contest with. So no one's going to tweet in if there's nothing to win. So I'm trying to find some other way to gauge this right now. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So as a, as a, a single data point, we sponsored a podcast earlier this year and we sponsored eight episodes of eight or 12 episodes. We were able to split the call to action and the ad spot we had between like half and half between the episodes. So four and four, I think it was yep. the first half we borrowed your idea and we're giving away <laughs> a free year of our hoster. We're a podcast hosting platform. So we gave away a free year of hosting if people tweeted at us and we would pick one tweet from the two weeks or something like that and give away an account every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And we got three tweets in the whole, <laughs> whole four podcast episodes. And then in the second half of it, we are using a coupon code where people can sign up and get a pretty substantial discount over like our regular offerings. And mm-hmm. it's working much better. So yeah, just a data point. I think you in the blog post that I read on Hrefs and I know kind of what you guys do, it's all just experiment, see how it goes. And so I think this reinforced for me a little bit that you guys had success with this. It worked well. I should try it. I tried it. It stunk. And and who knows, right? Why it didn't work. It's the audience, yeah. it's the alignment with the host, the product, my messaging. Know. Yeah. It's like, yeah. is our $200 annual package not worth tweeting for? Or <laughs> we gave away 50%. <laughs> we gave away 50% for the first three months on a monthly plan was the coupon code that we give away. And it worked a lot better. And actually, I think overall, our investment probably wasn't like directly profitable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, kind of like the brand awareness and, and getting our name out there and stuff like that. I think overall, it was a very positive experience. I learned a lot and we'll probably dabble in it some more, Nice, you know, coming into the, to the middle of this year. Yeah. So you guys are still experimenting with podcast advertising yes, we are. now. So where do things stand today at the end of April, 2019? Uh, not much better than when <laughs> I finished the blog post. <laughs> Nothing more conclusive. So like you said, like we just found out like experiments are experiments and you really don't know whether something will work even again for you, let alone across like different niches and podcasts and needs. And it's quite confusing, but it's very rewarding to see something work at the same time. 
I still think that no one knows how this whole thing works. Like no one has a template formula to making podcast ads succeed. So we're all still trying. So as so actually I saw this on Twitter just yesterday. Someone was asking, hey, you know, SaaS companies, really any business out there, if you've advertised mm-hmm. on podcasts, did it work and how did you go about it? So as you guys are one of the more experienced people I know that have talked about this a lot, what advice would you give for people, whoever out there that is running a business or has a brand that wants to get into podcast advertising? I know you don't have the answers. None of us have the answers. (laughs) More importantly is like, what's the saying is like, teach someone to fish and they'll never be hungry in in their life, but give them a fish and they'll be hungry tomorrow, right? So how can you teach us to fish just in terms of like mindset and thought process maybe? to where we can approach this, run our own experiments, learn things maybe the hard way and and hopefully kind of figure this thing out? Mm, I think one of the most important things to do is to try and find hosts that already know your product. The best thing is that they use it themselves. Mm. If not, then try and find those who are like genuinely interested in the field and in learning your product at least a little bit because we've experimented quite a lot with all, all sorts. Uh, people who use our product, people who don't use our product but want to learn and people who don't know the product and don't seem to want to learn. And it's actually quite a huge difference when the ad comes out because the ones who actively use your product are going to sell it in a way that maybe you can't do as well because they know their own audience, right? And when they're being super authentic and excited about your product, it really comes across in the show and like you get better results that way as opposed to having someone who's just reading from a script like, hey, Ahrefs is all-in-one SEO toolset. Like they, they read it well, but there, there isn't that authentic factor that made their audience like them and it comes across. Mm. So that gets you better results for sure. That, that one I'm quite sure of. <laughs> That's a tough one. I, I agree that the, the podcast that we sponsored is someone who is a friend of mine and is in the space and has had really kind of good alignment and uses our product. So that seemed to make sense. Kind of along those lines, how do you think of kind of where podcast sponsorship fits in other types of, I put this in kind of like influencer or affiliate marketing kind of world, because it's not as kind of cut and dry as like Facebook ads or something where you can just put a Facebook ad up and somebody clicks it and they come to your site or something like that. You're developing a relationship with the podcast, just like you would with like an affiliate or an influencer. How do you think about for a marketer or a business to get into podcast advertising relative to kind of their journey or their approach to affiliate or influencer marketing? Should come after or before or alongside all of that? I don't know. How does that make sense? I think it's like a an alongside thing. It doesn't really eat into any other efforts. You can always run it alongside any other campaign. It kind of, I feel like it feels a bit like influencer marketing, especially with the smaller podcasts. So it feels like you're selling your product to the host and then it's the host's job to sell it to the audience. So you can always run it alongside whatever other marketing campaign you're running. I know you guys talked about kind of specific budgets for what you spent last year. How does the budget for 2019 compare to what you did last year? It's kind of even. We're not really looking to pump more money into it, but we have the budget to play around with. So we've been playing around with it. Gotcha. Gotcha. And are you looking at all different different types of shows, different calls to actions, different yep. pre-roll, mid-roll, all that kind of stuff? Everything is up in the air? Yep. Yep. Still experimenting. Yeah. Interesting. Are you doing all kind of fixed ad placement or are you working with any any kind of dynamic ad insertion companies? No, not really. So far, I've been running these myself. And a few months earlier, we decided to try a podcast 
advertising network, Midroll, if you know it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's one of the more famous ones, yeah. So we ran a campaign. It's not over yet. I think it's over like in the next couple of weeks. But they made the entire process very different in the sense that it handled a lot of the things I was speaking about, like the headache of talking to a host, settling budget, crafting the ad. So the network helped us do a lot of these things, but at the same time, it felt less personal. So as usual, inconclusive so far. Sure, sure. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I can imagine, you know, of the advertisers I've talked to from a podcaster perspective, they, most of them start out doing the same thing, manage the outreach and the sales and, you know, money collection of the ads themselves. But a lot of them know that when they get, quote, big or bigger, they will need to move to an agency like Midroll or Advertise mm-hmm. Cast or one of these to have them manage all of this for them. So these people take a percentage of the ad revenue that you bring in. In turn, they they manage all of the advertiser relations, like your end of things for them. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I think that that seems like a pretty logical progression there. Mm-hmm. You guys had some interesting positive experience with a Spanish marketing podcast, right? Yeah. So this guy approached us out of nowhere and said, like, I run a podcast in Spanish. Would you sponsor me? And I thought it was an interesting idea. So we went for it. And we're actually still working together. We're still sponsoring his podcast. And they're helping us with our blog translations as well. So that was a relationship that went beyond the podcasting thing. So so you're you're translating all of your blog posts now into Spanish? We're translating the top performing ones for us into Spanish right now. Okay. Yeah. No, so I think this is really interesting because, you know, talking about podcasts in another language, I think a lot of us kind of get into our own little rut and world. But yeah, I think there's definitely areas of a market that you're in that have podcasts in another language that have super engaged audiences because the options out there for, you know, if you live in the US and your primary language is Portuguese, the number of podcasts you can listen to in Portuguese that are available in the U.S. is really limited. <laughs> so you're going to yeah, love a lot sure. of podcasts. Um, so I think this is a really interesting thing to look for. It sounds like, I mean, the the relationship that you have now with Andres is kind of transcending just the podcast. So that's a really interesting yeah. thing to, to look at for everybody, I think. Mm-hmm. What do you see, you know, kind of looking into your crystal ball a little bit, what do you see as like someone involved heavily in the podcasting world as kind of the things, podcast advertising world, as the things that will be coming down the line for advertisers, you know, in the next couple of years? As in the things that podcasters will do for us or... Yeah, I guess like technology and options for advertisers and yeah, unique formats. I mean, I think what kind of makes me think about this question is the host read advertisements that the Gimlet folks really kind of pioneered changed a lot Mm -hmm. of how advertisements kind of sound and feel to us as listeners. Mm -hmm. I can imagine as this kind of part of the business and the market changes and matures, more things like that will come. Do you see anything kind of as being in the trenches? Do you see anything like that that might be coming? I feel like more and more podcast hosts, some of them, they're looking to form like long-term relationships. So less of like, I buy three ads on your show and you record an ad and play it three times on these three shows. And they're asking for like, how about uh, you give me an account and you teach me your tool and I will promote you organically 
whenever I can for the next six months, for example. So it's kind of evolving and moving into that kind of realm where they become almost brand ambassadors, but it's very difficult to like qualify and quantify and like I don't know how much to pay them they don't know how much to ask for since it's not just three ads on a show anymore sure but it's an interesting thing that's happening yeah yeah we've had some folks approach us about essentially just being affiliates for them through our podcast yes and in talking to these both agencies and businesses that are proposing this model it sounds like they are the podcasters are making quite a bit more money from this model than from directly being paid for advertising spots. So you could say, like you're saying, look, we won't pay you for an ad in our spot, but we'll pay you our affiliate deal or a better affiliate deal. And you can use the podcast as a medium through which you can communicate this affiliate deal to to your audience. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yep. And yeah. it makes sense too, because if if the host is going to earn per, like on commission, they're going to work harder for your brand as well, Yeah. rather than just play something pre-recorded. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And obviously this wouldn't apply to all types of businesses, but I think in the, you know, the online business software world, this could work really well just because it's, yeah. you know, everybody has a an affiliate program. Not everybody. A lot of people have affiliate programs. <laughs> they're active. And this is something that, makes sense and is common and is is not like unexpected from an audience perspective. For them to hear this, they hear it in blog posts and emails and stuff like that. So to hear it on the podcast is kind of natural, I think. Yeah. Yeah. One of my last questions, because this is great and I've learned so much, I thank you very much, is talking about the duration of shows. So kind of going back a little bit to to buying a block of episodes. So I think most podcasts ask that you do at least four episodes, you know, to get like a really good feel for what the the involvement and the engagement is going to be like with them. Yeah. Did you guys find that more or less, or is there any kind of trend around how many episodes is the quote right amount of episodes to sponsor to get a good feel for what that relationship is performing like? So again, we've tried everything. I have sponsored some podcasts like for blocks of only three episodes. We did Tropical MBA for like blocks of three or four episodes. And we only sponsor like twice a year or something like that and those have done really well for us so i had one early this year and another block uh mid last year or something like that and that did really well and we even get people who are listening to their old episodes and like signing up for our product in between the blocks and we've also sponsored podcasts like kind of all the way so i sponsored money lab for a long long time and we had very consistent kind of results from them Lots of positive feedback from the public, sign-ups, so on and so forth. And I've never felt like I wanted to stop that relationship. But a lot of it also depends on how expensive the episodes are. Because mm. if you go for a popular podcast, there's no way you can keep those running all year round. It'll bankrupt you. <laughs> sure, sure. Even though you get a better deal if you sponsor the whole season versus just a couple episodes, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no no conclusion. I'm sorry. <laughs> gotcha. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. That's uh, It's just one yeah. more thing for folks to think about. I think I, to me, those two data points at least say that you probably had really high audience alignment and engagement with those two. I know yeah. those two podcasts. And so I would just guess that those are good podcasts for you to advertise on. Maybe, maybe not that you only sponsor in short bursts with Tropical MBA and then with Money Lab for the whole season. Maybe that's just uh, a coincidence, I think. <laughs> but the interesting thing is when you go back to work with the same people, it's always way easier the yeah. second time around. So that's half done for you. If right. they're doing well, it's so much easier to go back. 
And you're doing them a huge favor too, right? Because the, the last thing that most podcasters want to do is to go out and sell. Yeah. Drum up new business. So yeah, you're right. Well, with new people, yeah. And, and I think a lot of podcast advertisers get a discount for being a return customer, right? Yeah, yeah. you can negotiate that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. So Rebecca, is there anything else you wanted to talk about with relation to HRFs and what you guys are doing or podcast advertising or, or anything? This, is, uh, this has been great. Not that I can think of. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on the show and talking about kind of what you've learned along the way as, as a podcast advertiser. We'll definitely link up the blog post that you guys wrote Thanks. about this because it's really like a, a pinnacle piece, I think, in the in the podcast advertising space. Thank you. And for folks who want to kind of reach out and learn more about you, I think your bio is in this blog post. For But if you want to give some contact information of where folks can find you online to, to reach out and say hi. You can reach me on Twitter. It's My handle is... I-T-S-R-B-E-K. Awesome. Cool. Well, Rebecca from HRFs, thanks so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Podcast Hackers. If you liked what you heard today, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. This goes a long way towards helping spread the word about the show to other podcasters just like you. Until next time, happy podcasting.